Good morning and welcome to MindShift. This morning, I have a very exciting guest. I'm, I'm very excited to go into some awesome topics that are just very, very important to me. I know some of you that listen to my show um, hear me talk about epigenetics and how our uh, genes get expressed within our body and how we really truly have control over how we age and the diseases that show up. And today we're going to get to go a little bit deeper into what that means and how that looks and all that stuff. So uh, Lori Ballou, she's a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. She's been on her own journey of health over the last 25 years, uh, building knowledge and learning really what it, what it takes and what it looks like to have uh, overall health in your body and, and true health and what that looks like. She also has been a health coaching for the last almost two years now and uh, teaches at her local uh, co-op, I believe. And she is just a, a powerhouse in helping people heal and, and learn about their own biology. So Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you, Cody. Thanks for inviting me on here. I'm really excited to get started with this. It's really kind of fun to have someone to talk about and exchange ideas as well. <laughs> it's, it's exciting. I'm glad you're here. So what uh, what very first kind of got you interested in uh, gut health and epigenetics and all this stuff and how everything goes together and and what what books were you reading that kind of sparked the this uh, rabbit hole if you will well i've always had a problem with brain fog and energy levels and um, I just don't feel my brain was turned on hardly at all through most of my adult life until just the past 10 years ago. I didn't really know why, but every time I would eat a piece of wheat bread, I'd feel brain fog and um, I just don't feel my brain was turned on. And then when I took all that out, I started to feel better. But one of the things that I've noticed that's really supported my gut health was not having the wheat in my body. And from the research that I have done, I studied Dr. Wallach's epigenetics book. Um, I've just been, I'm a voracious reader. So I've been reading like a book a month. I tell everybody, just read a book a month. You'll really get some good information going. The Wheat Belly book by Dr. Um, uh, Dr. I forgot his name, the Wheat Belly book. Um, anyway, one of the things that he's, he always would state was how wheat was so damaging to the brain. And as I researched more and studied and read more books, I was able to come to the conclusion that, you know, my gut health just wasn't good and that there was a brain and gut connection. And with this brain and gut connection, you can feel better and turn your brain back on by not having um, inflammation in, in, in the intestinal tract. So when I took wheat out of the diet, that's when I started to notice that I had better brain support and that I can actually focus on my health and nutrition better because I could think clearly. Absolutely. I've, I've noticed something similar when I was able to take all the, the grains and sugar out of my diet and really turn my brain back on. And it's a whole different feeling when you truly are, are functioning on on all levels. So was it in this uh, wheat belly book that you very first learned about the uh, gut brain connection then? I think that was the, one of the biggest ones. I mean, I did understand a lot of epigenetics on what we do to our body for um, from Dr. Wallach's book, you know, learning that what we put into our body can actually tell 
or change your genes. You can express your genes in a different way that you don't have to have disease if you express your genes with environment in a different way. So when I read about the wheat belly and what wheat does to the brain and that it can cause schizophrenia, you may not have symptoms of colitis, you could have symptoms of brain dysfunction. And that was very eye-opening for me. I mean, you know, when I was making my changes, you know, I would do different things at home, but when I'd go to the restaurant, I'd still have that bread basket, right? You know, that was really hard to resist. But once I had the knowledge and read, um, I think it was Dr. William Davis, when I, his book on the wheat belly and started following him more. And he had lots of case studies in there and it was just really an eye-opener. It was easy for me to make the decision not to eat bread anymore because it was so destructive for me and my body and my brain that I didn't want to eat that anymore. And so I was able to say no to it. And that's when I started to really get that healing in my body to be able to go to the next stage to, you know, work on getting rid of sugar and work on correcting my brain pathways overall with the practice of epigenetics to turn off disease causing genes by what I'm eating. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. You're giving me some, uh, some books that I need to pick up. Oh yeah. They're I'm, just, I'm also a voracious reader and I think it was, uh, the, it's called the end of mental illness by Dr. Eamon. And I have the book. <laughs> absolutely love that book. And that's when I uh, very first started, uh, really realizing how, um, epigenetic epigenetics works within our brain and how, you really can't separate any of the systems because you get your brain working, your gut's working better, your heart's working better, and everything's working better, right? And it's that's all kind connected, of almost like in a circle. You know, you have to have um, health and circulation in every pathway of the body for the whole body to function. I mean, you know, it's the guts, the hormones, the stress-related issues. What we eat is the driver because if you're not eating to support all of those areas, then it's not going to function. That's why there can be so many different symptoms. You know, in my, in my program, we have something called a metabolic chaos chart where a metabolic chaos is in the middle and there's a whole bunch of different spokes that kind of poke out. You can have you know, endocrine dysfunction, you could have brain dysfunction, you can have um, um, muscular skeletal dysfunction. And there's just a, almost like um, eight different areas where you can have symptoms, but they're all interrelated to the metabolic chaos, which is all about our environment and what we're doing to um, manage it. I love that too. I love how you uh, connect everything. And I, I talk about the language of your body, which I tell people, you know, when you're feeling a symptom, that is your body telling you that something's off, not that there's a problem with your joint, but most likely there's a problem with your diet that's causing inflammation in the joint. Exactly. And it's just literally biofeedback. So let's go straight into epigenetics then. And um, I know you gave a little brief description. So for those of you who aren't familiar with what epigenetics is, it's simply a fancy word for gene expression. Uh, we all have uh, different genes from our families, but what we weren't really taught and what we didn't really know for the longest time is how they get expressed. And uh, with this exciting field that we're still learning a lot about epigenetics, it is simply uh, learning how those genes get expressed. And uh, Lori here talked about how when you do different things within the environment, within what you put within your body and around your body, then different genes get expressed. So as you were diving deep into gut health and how this looks on, as a cascade of events throughout our body, 
Uh, what would you say was the most surprising thing and simple thing that people can do to kind of start uh, regulating how this looks? So for the gut health, we really need to make sure that we have um, good bacteria, that we don't have pathogenic bacteria or bad bacteria, whatever you want to cause it, you need to have a balance. We need to actually create a commensal bacteria, um, like, the, like you were mentioning, bacteria that we're born with can be destroyed and we need to actually recreate it so that we can have a better balance of microbe diversity in our intestinal tract. So again, we need to use food to do that, prebiotic fibers, prebiotic foods. I use collagen a lot for maintenance for my intestinal tract and for my emotional support and for sleep, which I noticed last night was very helpful. And we, we focus on gut health and making sure we got the probiotics and those prebiotics, then you have um, a better immune system because the immune system starts in the gut. 80% of our immune system is in the gut. If we don't focus on that, you know, as well as other things, then we just can't get that healing effect. Your digestion has to be focused on, that's part of your guts and it starts with what we eat, then it goes into your stomach. Do you have the stomach acid to support? You digesting the protein so that we can absorb nutrients. Do you have inflammation in your intestinal tract? Is that inflammation causing you not to absorb your protein and, and supporting your neuro and your, your neural processes. I mean, anxiety and depression can start in the gut. So if you don't focus on those probiotics, prebiotics and digestion, you're not gonna get the health that you need. And when you're putting foods like wheat into the digestive tract, you're going to get that inflammation. You're going to not be able to absorb the nutrients we need to have health and your brain won't function. So there's so many things we need to do that start in the gut to have gut health that improves the brain because your serotonin is created in the gut, your melatonin is created in the gut. But if you have inflammation because we're eating wheat and we're eating inflammatory foods and um, you're gonna create an autoimmune condition, you won't be creating health for your, for your body and your brain. And so that's one of the reasons why I, I focus on gut health. And um, when we get our gut health under control, we, we lose weight, so it's not, you know, even though my program is um, as a weight loss coach, when we support the body and take care of all the health we need for the gut, um, we actually have better hormone balance. We have better overall brain health and we're actually better able to get into homeostasis where we naturally lose weight. And um, I don't use overall heavy fitness for as a weight loss coach. I use healing the gut and healing the brain and supporting your food choices by habit change and getting that epigenetic support into your lifestyle so that we could turn off disease so that we don't have to live sick and fat and tired and have cancer or diabetes if we just change what we eat in our lifestyle environment through that process of epigenetics. And it does start in the gut because if you're eating the foods that are inflammatory, your gut won't function, your digestion won't function and your immune system isn't gonna function. I love that. And I love how you uh, threw depression in there and, and anxiety with uh, overall gut health and even uh, diabetes and cancer, which are, are very, very important to me because I actually was pre-diabetic and, and reversed that. As and, was I. Um, <laughs> I have uh, pre-cancer assists that I'm in the middle of actually reversing as well. Um, and recently read the cancer code and 
it's fascinating to me how how many uh, different books uh, that directly talk about disease and how to mitigate disease and their diets are very, very similar, um, which should be a clue to us on how important and how healing our, our nutrition can be. A lot of people don't understand. I believe uh, it's something that uh, you're helping people understand on a whole different level, which is there's a mass of neurons within our guts. And those massive neurons actually direct, uh, talk directly to our brain. And when we're feeding them either healing probiotics, prebiotics, uh, bacteria, or we're feeding it um, and it doesn't really know what to do with the junk that we're giving it, so it's causing this cascade of inflammation, then we are literally telling our brains to be inflamed, which, of course, as you know, uh, flips these switches throughout our bodies to... Uh, tell our body to reduce inflammation because it's just going rampant in our bodies, which never gives it any uh, chance to heal. Um, so with, with epigenetics and how this whole gut bacteria systems work, I know uh, you, you were part of this uh, masterclass with me on fasting and everything that happens with that. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, giving our stomachs a break from constantly, constantly digesting and going into autophagy and, and cleaning up some of these junk cells. Yeah, well, it's part of our basic biology that we should be um, fasting off and on um, as a, you know, if we look back at the, the way our species developed and um, our life cycle, you know, if we we lived from, from when the sun went up to the sun went down and um, during winter when there wasn't as much sunlight and there wasn't as much food, especially during the ice age, we were more of a, in a ketogenic state where we fasted more and that kind of cleans up the body and gets rid of those dead proteins and just gives you a cellular cleanup. And it also can like turn the brain on and give you energy because back then, you know, we needed to be able to hunt for food. So your body needed to be able to get to an energy state to go out and do that. So this is part of what our bodies were meant to do. So when we're fasting, we are giving our digestion a break and we're reducing inflammation. And that's super powerful because I remember one study that stated that, um, I don't remember the name of the study, but I heard some people talking about it, that you, if you have to go beyond 12 hours in a fast to really reduce the inflammation and finish the digestion from the day before. So a minimal fast of 12 hours is what we should all strive for. And then when we push it out, as we get our body into a better um, kind of, you need to like increase your fasting muscle, you know, just get used to it, get your body used to doing something different, letting your brain know that, you know, not to panic, that it's okay, that this is going to be the new norm, that we can do this and we can eat, you know, in an hour or two and you'll, you're going to be fine because the body thinks we're going to, we're going to starve and we're going to panic. And so you just have to kind of work with the emotional side of this as well. And that can take practice, but when we do that in um, intermittent fasting, you, you turn off the inflammation, you reduce the, um, the visceral fat around the middle of your stomach because you're burning that without even realizing it, that you're decreasing that inflammatory fat in your body. So even if you don't notice it um, in, on the scale, if you get a scale that measures visceral fat, which I just put my client on, he's like, I, I'm gaining weight. But I said, but you're exercising. So if you're exercising, you're putting on muscle and you're having water weight in your muscles. So you need to get a scale that measures visceral fat so you can see your inflammation going down. Absolutely. And 
what's really, really interesting about fasting, intermittent fasting, and I know they touched on this uh, briefly in Fastest Way, but in the Cancer Code, one of the uh, number one tools they're finding on the majority of cancers to help reduce and even reverse cancer is intermittent fasting, is taking away the cancer's food and then also uh, doing what's called protein fasting, which is having no protein and, um, and of course, uh, longer fast as well. But what is uh, really, really fascinating to me is really understanding how the pathways work and what pathways we're turning on. Because I don't think any of us, or a lot of us rather, uh, didn't know what mTOR was growing up, didn't know uh, that we're constantly turning on the insulin pathway, which are two pathways, which when they're overactivated is directly feeding cancer. And uh, and autophagy, which is uh, another just fancy word for cleaning up all the uh, cells and all the uh, junk that our body doesn't utilize anymore. And we never get a chance to actually clean up if we're constantly feeding those pathways. So with that, uh, what started happening when you started uh, practicing intermittent fasting and, and figuring out how to not have to suffer while you're intermittent fasting as well? The intermittent fasting part that was really exciting was it just turns off your hunger and you're no longer a slave to food and you just start to feel good or if you feel better, it turns your brain back on. I didn't know I was missing that um, in my um, youth or young adulthood. Um, I didn't know that my brain wasn't fully functioning because, you know, you're living with yourself at the time. You just don't even realize why you're tired and why you have brain fog. So that the best thing about the intermittent fasting that I liked was that I had better brain energy and I could turn my brain back on. So that was super powerful for me to really, um, to get, you know, to really utilize for that epigenetics process and um, kind of forgot where your question was going with this. <laughs> no, no worries at all. So with me, it's really, really exciting because I've been uh, helping. My mom has actually just barely started uh, intermittent fasting and actually nice. doing uh, Bulletproof Coffee. And her comment to me the other day was, Cody, you would not believe how much energy I have and how my brain is just working better. Like, I know you've talked about this for the last two and a half years, but until you experience it, I, you really have no idea. And I'm like, yes, finally. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> Great testimony there. It's uh, it's wonderful uh, seeing people actually feel the results, and right. I know with you and your coaching, you you see that all the time. Mm -hmm. So with with people that are just getting started and may even be a little fearful of of fasting, and this is a lot of information that I know is very easy to get overwhelmed with, especially when you're just barely starting your path. What would be your tip for people just starting and trying to figure this stuff out? Well, the best thing you can do is eat within your circadian rhythm. We need to, we are um, diurnal and we eat within a diurnal rhythm. Our bodies are diurnal, our sleep, um, everything is diurnal. Your digestion turns off when it's dark and you should be done eating when it's dark. And the best thing you could do is to start that practice, not eating after dark. So if it's seven, eight, six or seven o'clock, you finished eating, eat, eat fully, eat a good heavy meal, eat till you're full and then just stop. That's the best thing people do to get started. And then don't eat again for 12 hours. So that's what our natural rhythm is. If you do that, you can reverse diabetes just by doing that alone. One of the, um, Dr. Sachin Panda, 
He has, um, there's some um, Bulletproof podcast out with him that are really good. If you just type in sleep into the Bulletproof podcast, you'll come up with some really good podcast. And he talks about the diurnal rhythm and stopping eating by six or seven o'clock at night, just closing the kitchen. And his mother, when she, he, she came to visit him, she actually had diabetes, but six months later when she went back home because he closed the kitchen at six and didn't let her eat, she actually reversed her diabetes. And just the only thing she did different was stop eating um, outside of her diurnal rhythm. That's so awesome. it's a pretty powerful process. So stop eating, close the kitchen, pick a time and don't eat again until till 12 hours later. And then at that point, you can start to learn to let your brain know that you don't need to panic. You're fine. You know, we're just going to clean up this inflammation, change that bacteria in our intestinal tract and push out your fasting window one hour at a time as you're comfortable with it. It doesn't have to be done overnight. That's, that's awesome. And I really, really agree with with everything you just said simply because the the number one thing we can do that's easiest for all of us to do is just start intermittent fasting which is stop eating when it gets dark and mm -hmm. and see if you can go a little longer than the day before then yeah. when you eat right and that's i so love fun. that you uh that you tied it all to the circadian rhythm as well because i think it's something that we're so out of touch with some one thing i talk about is having your power hour in the morning, but I am also very, very adamant about it's going to look different for everybody. For me, I wake up between four and four 30 every morning. It's just when my body wakes up for a lot of people, that's not doable because they don't get to sleep till midnight or whatever. Right. And that's just fine. Right. It's just saying when you very first wake up, have a set of things you do, that's going to give you energy and actually help you show up how you want to. And, and you'll find that you also start getting better sleep as a result of all of these practices. Definitely. So uh, I'm, I know we're going to include a link here in the description, but uh, where can people find you and learn more about uh, what you do, about the health programs that you've come up with and, and how to kick ass in life? <laughs> yeah, well, I hang out on Instagram. Um, I am at Lori Blue Weight Loss Coach, and you can click on my bio there and find out about my program, Weight Loss Like a Lady Boss, because um, I'll tell you if you like it is. Um, I don't like to make it um, too complicated, but the things that helped me are the things that I'm going to tell you and give you a roadmap to getting your success and getting your weight loss in that it's not just about weight loss, it's about improving the body so you can have weight loss. So my voice is about um, correcting your whole body health and fixing your gut and managing your hormones so that you can lose weight. And that's the process. We run I run diagnostic tests to help discover hidden underlying conditions so that we can target specifically for everybody and put a, together a personal protocol so that we can get to the underlying condition within you know 90 days so that you can get started into your own health journey and have success. Perfect. I can tell you guys after talking with Lori and seeing some of her comments in, in the group that we're in that she's the real deal. She knows a lot about the gut health and what's going on in there and what your bacteria should look like. And I, if you guys, are even curious, I'd highly, highly suggest you go check her out. So thank, thank you, Cody. you so much for coming on the show today, Lori. Uh, this is such a fun episode. I hope to have you on in the future. Uh, maybe we'll go sure. deeper into some of these subjects. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, definitely love uh, studying all that cancer code and the cancer metabolic approach to cancer. That's awesome too. If you haven't read that one. Um, you know, I, I haven't read that one. So I'll have to uh, put that on my book. I have an ongoing uh, list of books to read. So 
Um, but thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Um, you can find me, uh, MindShift, on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any, any of the major platforms now. Um, so thanks for watching, everyone. All right. Thanks, Cody. Bye. Welcome to MindShift, tools to upgrade your daily experience.